Good morning, it's Friday, May 26th. Welcome to the Mr. Irrelevant Podcast, your number one audio source of DC sports coverage by me, Jamie Mottram. I may have been rooting for the Penguins last night, which felt very strange, and they may have won their Game 7, which was the outcome that we desired, Uh, but we're all Nashville Predators fans now, and at least we have someone to root against in the Stanley Cup Finals. Not a whole lot going on otherwise in DC sports right now. Uh, so I wanted to shine a light on three stories that I read yesterday that I hope you will read too. Um, the first one, which you probably already saw because it made all sorts of headlines and ESPN, uh, ESPN's bottom of the screen ticker, etc., was the Bleacher Report story about Josh Norman, where their writer, Ty Dunn, spent some time with Norman in his South Carolina home. And... The story is, you know, loosely in the format of, uh, of an interview, but it's really just in a platform for Norman to unwind about all of his weird theories and approaches to playing football and the, the individual battles on the field that are found therein. I mean, he is a weird dude. I don't know how you could read this story and, and take anything else away from it. Either he's putting us on or putting on the reporter uh, and just trying to say these things to get a reaction or, or you know, to induce the type of expected response, um, you know, that you get from saying, making disparaging remarks about your rivals and competitors, uh, or he's just really strange. And either way, I don't care that much. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it, I only care to the extent that I think it benefits the Redskins. I think it benefits them to have a cornerback with this mentality who's going to rise to the challenge year-round of facing Odell Beckham Jr. twice, Des Bryant twice, whoever the Eagles might line up at receiver twice. Um, he's taking that head-on. You know, I mean, he's got a lot to say. Uh, my favorite thing that he said was about Des Bryant calling him just a guy saying Des Bryant was, you know, quote, Des Bryant back in 2012, 13, 14, but now he's just a guy. Um, you know, maybe that's true, but, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think, uh, you know, if you're Des, you can hear that or read that and not get riled up. Um, and he's a combustible dude. I, I think that's a good approach, a good tactic for uh, a Redskins corner to take. With Odell, I mean, he didn't really say that much about Odell in terms of, you know, uh, making disparaging remarks. I mean, he said some stuff that was kind of hard to follow about Odell. like just a kid out there. But I think Norman has trouble with Odell. I mean, they've kind of, they've had some really fierce battles. He's shut down Beckham for stretches. Beckham's gotten his at different points. Uh, I think it's a great matchup, and I think there's a respect there that Norman's not gonna just say explicitly, but it, it seemed to be, I, the way I read it was somewhat implied. Um, he definitely had uh, respectful remarks, more than respectful remarks, for Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. That those guys are on another level, and like when he faces Julio, although that doesn't happen that often, he has to elevate his game, and he appreciates that. I thought that was pretty cool to read. The story ends with uh, Norman kind of making some like threatening uh, remarks about 
uh, how uh, you know he's got a safety now who's also crazy and who's violent just like him and you know the the tone of it was was pretty threatening um again you know i think norman's a strange dude who's got this like warrior mentality on the field it all makes for a really entertaining read um it doesn't really change how i feel about norman you know i think he's a top corner he's not the top corner but he's a top corner and i'm glad the redskins went out made an aggressive move to get him last offseason and have him for years to come uh you know out there on the edge next story i would recommend would be uh jason worth uh the the kind of recap of his remarks as the keynote speaker at some organic trade conference in dc it was covered in a number of places but the washington post story on it was was pretty excellent and talked all about how worth has had like this nine or ten year saga on his illinois farm of turning uh, hundreds of acres of land into his own organic farm. Uh, I guess his wife and, and he have been dairy and gluten-free for like nine years. He credits a lot of that for turning his career around, uh, or at least like enabling his career to take off in those those you know three or four years of Philly and now the last six years plus with with the Nats. Really interesting story, not just about his career and about you know organic food but also about how his efforts have like brought back the wildlife population in Illinois and how he's got these post-career plans um, to, you know, to farm thousands of acres of land uh, and to kind of educate and enable farmers throughout Illinois and across the Midwest to convert to organic means. Uh, it's just a really interesting story about a fascinating dude uh, side note, and I think I read this in Nat's blog. Um, you know, Worth, this is the last year Worth's contract, seven years. Um, when it was signed, one hundred twenty-six million dollars over seven years for Jason Worth. That Nat's got blasted as an overpay for this dude who's going to be like regressing throughout his thirties, and he's injury prone and all that stuff. And you know, that that was valid. That was valid criticism. Uh, but the Nats were in a position then where they were terrible and had to overpay and. You know, Nats blog did an analysis like that contract's actually worked out pretty favorably. I mean, the Nats have the most winning record in the National League over the last five years. Worth has had some injury trouble and like his first year wasn't great, but overall he's performed pretty well. And if you look at, you know, wins over replacement and what those wins are worth on the market, you know, over over this period of time, like by the time it's said and done, he will have earned that contract. You know, I think their analysis suggested that if he maintains, if he stays healthy this season and plays like he's playing, he'll have earned about 98% of that $126 million contract. Uh, now the question becomes, what do you do with him when his contract expires and hits the free agent market this offseason? Back to that Washington Post story about organic farming, Worth did say like he wants to keep playing. He wants to be an everyday player past this year. Could the Nats use him? What will he cost? Uh, I think he's worth more to them than he's worth to other teams because he's such a mainstay in that clubhouse, uh, such a big part of the franchise. Uh, it will be an interesting storyline uh, to follow as as we as we go through the rest of 2017. Last story. Uh, this one was also in the Washington Post. It was about a kid. I forget his name. He's a senior at a high school in Aldi, Virginia. Aldi is is right next to Middleburg. If you're familiar with that, 
cute little town, very quaint. If you're driving out towards Middleburg, you will pass right through it. Um, careful though, if you blink, you'll miss it. Uh, this kid is notable because he was he has a birth defect. I, th- I think it only affects like a thousand people in the U.S. or, or something like that. Uh, and I forget the name of it. I don't have it in front of me, but the gist of it is uh, some of the fingers on both hands are abnormally large, like very long and thick, like a thumb. Um, there's, you know, pictures of it in, in the post and, you know, it's very obvious from, you know, across the room, you'd be able to see like, wow, this guy's hands look, look giant. Um, otherwise like totally normal, high functioning kid, etc. Um, what's unusual about, about him and about this defect is that, you know, he's a baseball player, he's a pitcher and, uh, he doesn't throw that hard. He throws like 65 miles an hour, I think, is the max velocity. And his velocity is hurt by the size of his fingers because it's almost like, you know, a palm ball or a changeup. Like he's holding onto the ball longer. It takes velocity away, but it adds movement. And he apparently has a killer curveball and like a split finger. Uh, and he's his high school team's second best pitcher, or at least he has like the second most innings. He's a long reliever and he's really effective. He's actually going to pitch or probably pitch. He's um, in a small school in Virginia. Again, I I forget the name. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, But fascinating story. uh, If, you know, I mean, just fascinating if you're like a human in general. But like if you've played baseball, if you've pitched, uh, it's, I think, really, really interesting. And, um, you know, whatever. It's It's a story that I think, you know, is recommended reading. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're a DC sports fan or just a sports fan more generally, uh, what this kid is doing is a hell of a thing.